0: On the McFarland Show, Darren and Justin here live, Strike and Spare Family Fun Center studio on this Monday afternoon. We told you we were going to head east. You know we do this on Mondays. Let's do so. Let's bring in our guy Vince Ferrara, 99.1, the sports animal there in Knoxville. Not a great Saturday in Lexington. <laughs> Vinny, how we doing?
1: <laughs> Good. Yeah, there's an understatement to start things out, Mac.
0: Yeah. If you would have said they would have been down 20 at half, I would have – Again, I probably should stop laughing at the Tennessee stuff. Um, I laughed at a color of the first go-around. Can Kentucky beat Tennessee? And I laughed. Um, I, was, I got burned on that. And, you know, I guess, again, trying to predict this Kentucky team. I've watched a lot of them this year. I can't predict them. I don't have a clue what they're doing from game to game. But this was one of those – when they show up, they're as good as anybody in the country. When they don't, they go to Georgia and lose to the Bulldogs.
1: Well, that sounds familiar when uh, you don't know what you're getting from game to game. Oh, oh! whoops. Okay, good segue.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, I, mean, I mean, how shocked were you? I mean, what, what did you make of this game where Kentucky, again, twice this year, they were the better team. They led from basically wire to wire and were in control the whole game.
1: Maybe I'm kind of numb to it, but... Shocked? No, that uh, that door has closed with with this basketball team. Now, it, is it? Did I think Tennessee would win? Yeah, I mean, I picked it. I thought it'd be a close game. I didn't think Tennessee was going to be, uh you know, have a a another great follow up after you know win over the number one team. I thought there'd be some sort of down Plus. You know, Kentucky was able to have success the first time against Tennessee, and then you know Tennessee still wasn't going to have two of their starters, Josiah, Jordan, James, and Julian Phillips. So that that was a concern for me that they could run away from Kentucky, even if they uh, could uh, you know could win. But they knowing they had to no one had to rely on their defense in that game. Uh, you know, it just you, this team is so hard to gauge from game to game, and um, it doesn't mean that they can't win in the postseason. I know a lot of fans are looking at it as this shows why they can't win in the postseason, but Tennessee teams that were hot going into the tournament didn't win in the postseason. Teams that have been erratic or or cold going into the postseason have won. Tennessee's just Up and down. Who knows if they're able to get hot at the right time? It's crazy. I think I mentioned this to you guys before. Some skeptical Tennessee fans, when Tennessee was winning, they're like, "Well, it doesn't matter. It's about the postseason." Until Barnes wins, then when they lose, everyone's like, "Well, this is why they're not going to win in the postseason." So now, now the games have a little bit more meaning because they sting. So uh, you know, it's just the team has issues getting easy points and a lot of teams like K- Kentucky got to the free throw line 35 times in that. I was to say
0: Vince they had ni- they made 19 more free throws than Tennessee but here's where I wanted to go with that. But down the stretch if you're watching the game, I felt like all of Kentucky's misses were in the, like the last 8 to 10 minutes of the game. I felt like they were begging Tennessee to hang around because they couldn't make their free throws.
1: Yeah, that's true, but Tennessee didn't make any free
0: throws. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that, and there's that
1: <laughs> four of fourteen. Yeah, from the free throw line. T- here's a stat for you: in the last eight games, uh, excuse me, the last six games, Tennessee is minus twenty three in made free throws, ninety one to sixty eight in those six games. They're two and four. In their last eight games, they're minus seventy four. In fast break points, eighty-nine to fifteen, they're four and four in those games. That's a lot of points, and you're not losing by anywhere close to as many as the points in that in that differential. And everything is a grind. They don't get they don't get points at the free throw line. I don't think they get to the free throw line enough. But part of that is the Kai Ziegler with his size. A lot of times he can't get all the way to the rim, or he's not able to finish with height uh, at the rim. And and then they don't have enough penetrators. They don't have enough creators to where they can have multiple guys driving. Uh, James and Phillips are guys that could do that. They They weren't available. So too much on the perimeter for them. And then when you don't make your free throws, which has been the case for a while, that hurts you. And then they we we talked about it so much. Brick Barnes brought it up. Players brought it up. They're going to get out and play full court. They had the roster to do it, and they haven't. They pass up on opportunities. They get all these turnovers from teams, and they don't run. They did a one-time against Alabama where Tyree Key cut to the basket, and they got a layup out of it. Other than that, everyone jogs up the court beyond the three-point line. Uh, Rick Barnes was asked about the differential uh, with fast-break points going into the Kentucky game, and he said, well, it doesn't matter, I'm I'm worried about winning. Well, your rebounding matters, and you can get out-rebounded and win, so that's something you want to do better, right? So I I think I don't know the reason why, But this team does not get easy baskets. So what happens? Everything is a grind. They're, to the end of the shot clock, working on defense as one of the better defensive teams in the country and covering so much ground and switching and getting out to shooters. And then on offense, with their motion offense, they're moving a lot without the basketball. And then a lot of times they're going to the end of the shot clock in constant motion. And so everything is a grind for them, and I think there are stretches, whether it's physical or mental, where this team doesn't have the juice. They can get it back at other stretches, but they don't have the juice, and they make mistakes because they're mentally worn down. They're not saying that. That's just my theory, and it it makes a difference. So you get the up and down. But guess what? You're up and down in the postseason – you end up home a lot quicker yep. than what fans want.
0: Down has you on a plane coming home. That's what down does. Yep. They've lost four of their last six. It doesn't get any easier. I'm in College Station. Take on Texas A&M next. What, what is the level of concern here down the stretch before this team and the rest of the conference comes to town for the tournament? I mean, what, what is the panic level right now in your market?
1: The, the biggest thing, there, there's panic. There's no doubt they they uh, plummeted to number eleven in the rankings. By the way, because there's plenty of other teams that are flawed that are losing in college basketball, but we're not worried about that. Um, so it, it, it yeah, there's there's plenty of people that don't believe in this basketball team, um, but it, the, the, to me the biggest area of concern is with what I said about everything being a grind, if you fall out of the top four, you add another game you have to play in Nashville in the SEC tournament. Now, maybe you're a quick exit, and maybe it doesn't matter in the end, but if you do make a run, that's an extra game that you have to play, and it adds to your grind. And then what happens, like in Nashville, when everything's a grind, and now you're playing every game? So what what toll does that put on you on the back end? So I think that's the biggest thing. And all Vanderbilt helped Tennessee. I know Tennessee doesn't only give Vanderbilt any credit. But Vanderbilt won that game helped because if Auburn wins that game, Auburn is tied with Tennessee and Kentucky. Kentucky has a straight up tiebreaker over Tennessee with the two wins. But Tennessee has the tiebreaker over Auburn, but guess who they play in the last week? How many times has Bruce Pearl ruined things for Tennessee in the last week of the regular season or in the tournament? uh, And that's that's at
2: Auburn's place, too. Right, exactly. Vince, you said there is panic among the fans, but where are the expectations now? Are the expectations that this is still an Elite Eight Final Four team or have the expectations changed because of this recent losing, Now I'm not going to call it a streak, but a set of games here where they have not done so well?
1: Yeah, they're two and four in their last six games. So it is. You use you said the term the stretch. Uh, we put a poll up on uh, on our website. Where do you expect the all basketball team to fare in the NCA tournament? The most votes is second round, got 33 percent. Sweet sixteen, 30 percent. Followed by Elite Eight with 20% and very little for everything else. So, so I the, think the w- winner
0: right now is win one game and they're done? Correct. Oof. Yeah. Mm.
1: And look, the, I think the answer to your question, Justin, is the people that you hear from are the more skeptical ones. The people that you don't hear from, which, let's be honest, is still a large percentage of our audiences. Mm-hmm. I think there's still some hope and, uh, and belief that this team can win some games in the NCA tournament, but I imagine there's, the confidence level has dropped for, for some of them as well. The Sweet 16 is winning two games. Yeah. Uh, look, for that, it depends on who you get matched up with. And another problem is, and this adds to the grind, when you start slipping down the seed lines, you are now a higher candidate to get shipped far away where when you're on a higher line, you're going to get the benefit of the doubt and and be close to in where you get set in the NCAA tournament. And in the regional, Louisville is going to be the closest region, the south region, for Tennessee. Who knows if they get shipped out west now because now you're just in the middle of, a, of the pack and they're trying to make the seed lines work and all that. So that could add not only to the travel grind, but then the fans not being able to – as many of them get to see you in the tournament. So it's kind of a a residual thing right now. And and let me say this. One of the biggest problems with this team, in addition to not getting easy points, is I don't think they have a creator to go get a bucket when they need it. And they also – I don't think they call enough plays for their guys when things aren't running well in the motion offense. Everything is a grind. And so – um, whether it's philosophy or whether it's not having trust in the players, that that's something that can hurt them because you need playmakers in the NCAA tournament creators.
2: OK, Vince, two more from me. You stole my thunder <laughs> a little bit when you mentioned the fact that Tennessee has only dropped one spot uh, in, the re- in the recent AP poll. Now, I understand this time of the year, the AP poll doesn't carry as much weight as other times of the year. But honestly, how does a team who has only won two of their last uh, six games only drop one spot in the AP? Is that say more about them or more about the other teams around them?
1: I think they got some credit for being the number one team in the country, yeah. so that was part of it. And then the other thing is, there's plenty of other teams that are losing and flawed. You know, when you look at Tennessee's schedule, the Tennessee, I believe, has five top 35. Wins in the net, and I mean that's that's really good. Some of the teams they've beaten, but the problem is is that all their their losses are against sub top thirty five net teams, including Vanderbilt, who was in the nineties going, uh, or la- at last check and may have changed today. But um, so that that's where they have an odd resume from that standpoint. How do you gauge it? How will the NCAA tournament gauge it? Will they give them more credit for the wins? Are they going to dock them more for the losses or the inconsistency? Uh, when you start putting them side by side, what's your difference maker? So, it'll be interesting to see how people view them. And, uh, and look, there's the Arizona has a similar schedule. Arizona had some had some head scratching losses. But then they also have some really good wins, and they're really talented. So, again, it's not just Tennessee in that, in that category, but they're hard to figure out, honestly.
2: want to switch to the women's side real quick, Vince, and just ask you about mm-hmm. Tennessee uh, and the, the Lady Vols and their matchup against uh, South Carolina. The Lady Vols have had a decent year here, uh, Vince. However, does South Carolina feel like just as this- – Unclimbable mountain uh, to the Lady Vols? Do they really think they they've got a chance here?
1: Well, I thought South Carolina was untouchable, but apparently Ole Miss had some some secrets.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <It took laughs> they
1: they got overtime. in there. I love ESPN's headline, by the way. The bottom line, they're like, despite the close call for South Carolina against Ole Miss, South Carolina remains at number one in the women's poll. Are you serious? They're so (laughs) far ahead of everybody else. A close win might have dropped them out of number one. Stop it. So they're the best team. I've even asked uh, analysts, is this the – Don Staley invitation of when we get to the NCAA mm, tournament. And mm. um, I think it is. It'll be tough uh, against South Carolina, but it depends. Jordan Horston when she's a distributor first and rebounding and assists and not turning it over, and Rakia Jackson's on her game offensively, I as good a one two punch as you're gonna find in the country. But when Horston is having to try to take up the the scoring flag and she's turning the ball over trying to do too much, then it bogs down in a domino effect. So, again, it depends on which Tennessee team you you see. Uh, Not the highest ranked, uh, but they've shown flashes of being pretty good. But, um, man, if they can pull that off against South Carolina, uh, that's going to send shockwaves, obviously, and I think would really change their seed line for the NCAA tournament.
2: Vince, one more thing and this is very quick. Can you help me understand the schedule? Like why is Tennessee only playing the, on the women's side? Why is Tennessee only playing South Carolina once and they're playing other teams twice? I, I I don't I guess I'm thinking about it with my football mind and not anything else. Like what what is what is going on with the with the schedule?
1: Yeah, it's just it's the rotating on who they play twice versus once and so they they don't have South Carolina on the schedule. It, it varies. It does on the on the men's side for some of them. They're, they're permanent opponents, and I think there's I see. Let's see two rotators the the as well. So that's that's the reason for it. It's just what the SEC does with their schedule.
0: Okay, all right. Real quick, end on a baseball note. Baseball season began uh, in the conference. Vanderbilt was in Arlington, Texas, where the Rangers play. Tennessee was in one of those invitationals as well. How did they fare this weekend?
1: One and two. Lost to the two best teams that they not only played that weekend but will play in any non-conference game. Two teams that made the NCAA tournament last year in Arizona, whose only loss was twice to Ole Miss. and We saw how good they were uh, in Coral Gables. And then Grand Canyon made it to the tournament. And both of those two teams have first and second round draft picks. So really good teams. They lost those two games, close games, um, and then you know the the biggest thing with this team is they have they have all new position players, everyday position players, and they're still trying to figure out the outfield and some other things. Not as not as good defensively, they're going to have to improve in that area, but. I'm not too worried. The problem is, is that you're not going to really be challenged in non-conference at all. You're not going to be challenged really until the second week, where they run through that gauntlet of top ten teams for five consecutive weeks. So you know, go from not really knowing about this team, even you know, if they start blowing teams out by twenty runs, to this gauntlet of the elite of the elite. So it's going to be a while, wins or losses, where we truly know what what's the makeup of this team.
0: Yeah. Vanderbilt lost the first game on Friday to TCU. And I'm yeah. like, okay, TCU's good. Yeah, TCU yep. the next day beat the snot out of Arkansas. Like eighteen to five. I was like, Oh. Right. I guess I guess this is the year for TCU athletics, right? <laughs> My, <Yep>. goodness. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> My goodness.
0: My yep. goodness. Vinny, good yep. stuff as always. I know you uh you got to jump on the airwaves there in Knoxville. Yep. Thanks for doing this as always. Have a great week and we'll talk to you next week.
1: All right, you guys do the same. Appreciate you as always. All right,
0: that is Vince Ferrar, our man there in Knoxville, ninety nine.